Like a Greek farmer who smokes too much weed, the Bucks have lost the goat. And now we are here in after, in the after place. Where do we go from here? We're here to tell you. The Bucks coming up next. You can get every stat that we use on the Fantasy Football by Brodo app. Be your own expert. We also have a who to draft tool. We haven't, we haven't mentioned that yet. If you're having a problem, who do I draft here? You put in two names. And it tells you the likelihood of who's gonna draft, who's gonna finish higher. If you're in between two guys, like, oh, should I reach for this guy or should I take this guy? And it's only like this guy, guy one has a 56% chance of outscoring guy two. You're like, oh, maybe if it's only 56%. Maybe I should reach for my guy, right? It can help you make any decision you want. And the reason why it's free is because of our beautiful patrons over at Patreon.com/slash/BrotoFantasy. Extra episodes, prizes, um, what do you call uh, leagues? With us, that's what we call um, private consultations, the Discord, so many extras. Patreon.com slash Brutal Fantasy. Let's get it. Man, second to last division. The heat wave is almost done, and drafts are almost here. Let's go, baby. Oh, let's go, baby. Tonight, yet another staggering heat wave striking fantasy football. Hot so hot and hot. So hot Man, I can't believe it's almost done, man. I, I I remember the last day of 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 I guess winter. What's before summer? Spring. I remember the last day of spring, like it was yesterday, when the heat wave started, literally and figuratively. And now we're coming to the end. And again, I am joined by the starting three: uh, me, of course, Tim, and my brother Michael Petropolis, and of course the Dynasty Don Matt Ward. What's up, guys? Seventeen. Can't forget. Santiago Casanova, who also has been fearlessly taking over. Also, it's, it's about it's like a, a theme that we have people who are just coming off European vacations. Um, Cass and Michael, uh, both both frocking around in the the eastern side of the world, on the eastern side of the Prime Meridian. So, frolicking, I was frolicking. You were all right. Uh, so let's get it. Let's get into this because. Uh, a new offensive, a new offensive outlook is going to be frolicking around these Tampa Bay Buccaneers because you know how I say it: new offensive coordinator, new quarterback, new team. Uh, this is uh, head head coach Todd Bowles. This is his second year as the Bucks head coach. Uh, three seasons as the defensive coordinator before then. Bowles led the Buccaneers to the NFC South title in his first year as head coach. That's the second time he did that. Um, he did that with the Jets as well in his first year, joining John Gruden as the only coaches in franchise history to accomplish that feat in year one. Bowles bring a new Bowles brings a new offensive coordinator to replace Byron Leftwich after the team operated with a one-sided pass-first approach in 2022. Uh, it's interesting because Byron Leftwich went from one of the favorite guys to get a head coaching job to being fired in just one year. That's how ineffective he was without. Bruce Arians in his ear. So definitely Byron Leftwich is going to have to hit the drawing board on his career. Uh, Dave Canellis is the guy who takes his spot. His first season uh, with the Buccaneers in any capacity at all. Previously spent 13 seasons with the Seattle Seahawks from 2010 to 22, where he was part of those 10 playoff appearances, two conference championships, and, of course, the Super Bowl title. Uh, originally joined the Seahawks as a quality control coach. That's where you see homegrown coaches. Their first job is usually quality control coach, basically kind of like um, – Robert Sala called themselves this. I didn't say it. Robert Sala, when he was the quality control coach um, in Seattle, called himself the Piss Boys. 
call themselves the piss boys. I mean, I'm, I'm sorry, this was in in Washington because they would do all the the work that gets pissed on, kind of like uh, go get this, do this, do this, get this film, do this, do that. Uh, you know, overall everything. Um, he was elevated to assistant quarterbacks coach uh, for 2013 and 14. Later, the wide receivers coach from 2015 to 2017. Quarterbacks coach 2018 to 19, and then again in 22. Uh, and the pass game coordinator from 20 to 21. So obviously all over the offense in Seattle. As a quarterback coach in 2022, Canales helped propel Geno Smith to the first career Pro Bowl selection in addition to receiving comeback player of the year. You know, Geno Smith, career resurrection, a, a, rising, a rising tide lift all, lifts all boats. Um, Smith also named NFL's most improved player after leading the NFL in completion percentage, almost 70%, and setting new career highs in completion. Uh, with 400, basically just one under 400 passing yards, uh, 4,282 and passing touchdowns with 30. Last year, again, I'm not going to waste your time with their percentages really last year, although they were dead last in running percentage. Uh, first in passing percentage. So they slang the ball all over the field with Tom Brady. Again, this is a completely different offense. Big subtractions, Tom Brady, Leonard Fournette, the two guys that basically won them the Super Bowl a few years back. Um, their additions. Quarterback Baker Mayfield, who hasn't even sniffed the Super Bowl, and running back Chase Edmonds, who is Chase Edmonds. So obviously this team is in a rebuilding type of situation, which is strange because there's a lot of good, talented, fantasy-producing veterans on this squad. Uh, so let's start with the quarterback position right now. Open competition, although at time of recording, it does look like Baker Mayfield may be pulling away a little bit. Um, it should be noted that we did not watch Kyle Trask's start that he is scheduled to make um, in the preseason. So maybe that changes things. Maybe he goes, you know, 15 for 15 with 300 yards and four touchdowns and he takes control or something. Um, odds are Baker Mayfield is going to be the starting quarterback. Let's get into these quarterbacks. Yeah, look, Baker Mayfield is currently going off the board at QB 32 and underdog in FFPC. And basically, un and Kyle Trask is basically going undrafted. Um, as Tim mentioned, it's basically assumed at the moment that Baker is going to win the quarterback battle, but who really cares? Baker Mayfield has, hasn't been a top 24 quarterback since his rookie season, and Kyle Trask is a second-round pick from two years ago with nine career pass attempts and limited athleticism. Last year, Baker Mayfield had one game as a top 12 QB, and that was QB 12 overall. Uh, meanwhile, seven of his 12 games were outside the top 24 quarterbacks. Yes, he has better weapons. Um, now in in Tampa Bay, but unless you're in a two QB league and you're desperate, Baker Mayfield is not going to come close to touching your starting lineup in a one QB league. Uh, it really is about the weapons, and you know the Buccaneers have a decent offensive line. Uh, can they protect for this guy that's going to have a decent opportunity? And that's Rashad White. Let's get into the running backs. Look, Rashad White. There's positives and negatives when you're looking at him. Some of the positives. Um, hold on. I'm in the wrong section. There you go. Some of the positives. Uh, he will have a great opportunity this year. There's really no one else in the backfield that's going to be challenging him for the primary ball carrier job. Uh, Chase Edmonds kind of went into the season last year um, it, with Dolphins. Everyone kind of thinking that Chase Edmonds is going to be this ball. I mean, I was way off Chase Edmonds. This whole podcast was off Chase Edmonds, and thank God we were because he was one of the biggest busts in, in fantasy last year. He's not going to take the job from Rashad White, if Rashad White is if Rashad White is worth his salt in any share in any sense, because he has decent draft capital, he has third round draft capital, which is high 
um, for a running back. I kind of say, you know, when you're looking at running backs, the second round is the first round. The first round is the second round when you're for all other players. And then the first round is like supercharged, cannot miss. Um, his ADP right now, 74. That's a positive. Sixth, seventh round. He's going as running back 26. When you got a guy who has an opportunity to have a lot of work in that spot, it's great. He's also a great pass catcher. I think a lot of people aren't talking about this. Last year, he did do his most of his damage uh, in the air. He was 12th in the league in running back targets, 58, 11th with catches, um, with 50 catches. Uh, he had 290 receiving yards, uh, so obviously didn't have the world on fire, but also his A dot was behind the line of scrimmage. So he was someone who was getting those swing passes from Tom Brady over and over and over and over again. But last year wasn't the only time that he was targeted. Um, he also had a very productive 43 catches for 456 yards in his last year in college um, with Arizona state. So Rashad white does have the pass catching prowess. That is definitely a, a plus in his way. So there's a lot of pluses when you're looking at him, the con I think it's a big one. The offense is going to be bad, most likely. Um, it's either going to be Baker Mayfield or Kyle Trask under center. So it's going to be a lot of guys stuffing the box and a lot of, you know, less opportunity for big space, which is where Rashad um, White kind of excels. Chase Edmonds, while he's not going to take his main back role, is definitely going to vulture some third down work, some third down passes. That's Chase Edmonds, what he does. And uh, you need to also just kind of come to the realization that although he did do well as a pass catcher last year, he was inefficient as a rusher last year. Um, in terms of uh, rushing yards um, and, and efficiency, yards per carry was 3.7. That was 60th in the league. Points per opportunity, excluding TDs, 36th in the league. His rushing attempts were 36th in the league, but his rushing yards were 41st in the league. He had 19 red zone opportunities. It doesn't sound like a lot, but he only turned that into one rushing touchdown. Um, in these, these situations, only one big play right, did not break out. I think that was the big thing that was missing. Uh, frustratingly, did not break out big plays last year. The, the entire Buccaneers offense was very station to station to station to station. Uh, so was not did not light your hair on fire last year. Did not show like he was going to be some uh, incredible offensive weapon when he when he got the chance. But the the fact remains that he's going to get the chance. And in fantasy football, we say opportunity is not king, efficiency is king, which is true, but opportunity is prince. So, like, you need opportunity in order to have efficiency, uh, and he's going to have the opportunity, uh, you know. You said so, we said that as if it's like a saying. <laughs> what? We, 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 we did, we, well, you know, historically in the Brodo uh, stratosphere, we say, um, because the true throw value, true target value, all this, we say, uh, what, what, what did I say again? Oh, yeah, efficiency. I mean, opportunity efficiency is not king. Is king and efficiency is, is. Yes. I just added the prince part right now uh, because they're there. They go hand in hand or maybe queen. Let's go queen because they go hand in hand. You can't have one without the other. Um, so I like him where he's going at ADP. I think there's a high upside there. You're getting him maybe as your RB three uh, with RB one potential. Let's be real. Like, is it, uh, is it going to happen? Probably no, 
Uh, but there is a world where Rashad White ends as an RB1 because he gets a majority of the carries and the Buccaneers surprise people. More likely, he'll outscore his ADP, though, because he's just going to get that opportunity. So I think he's going to catch some balls. I think he's going to have some opportunities to score. Uh, even when this team is not scoring, um, he he will get his opportunities because he is – what are they going to do, pass 50 times a game with Baker Mayfield? No. Um, so he'll have opportunity. That's what I have to say about him. Uh, what do you guys think? Uh, on a scale of 1 to 10, how likely are you to draft Rashad White at ADP? 100. Mm. Yeah, I like him at ADP too. So, Matt, you want to you elaborate on that a little bit? I mean, I love Rashad White. He's the only player in Arizona State history that has put up a collegiate market share that leads the team in both rushing and receiving. I will He's say a in a very, an- very good analytic prospect. In a now debunked league, which I loved playing in, and I can't believe it got it got uh it got debunked. Like me and Matt had bomb squads, and Matt tried to get Rashad White from me f- like six times last year. He just tra- kept trying to like, hey, can't come on, give me some Rashad White now. No, 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 hey, 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 some Rashad right now. I didn't budge. I thought I was making a good choice, but now the lead's debunked. Damn it! Should have just. I ended up losing in the championship by two points. Because I because I started Kirk Cousins instead of Tom Brady in the last in the last day still still haunts me to this day. All right, um, let's get into these wide receivers because you know Russell Gage hurt himself in practice uh, in the in the cold practice with the Jets. And I am giving I'm dating us a He's little out bit. the year. Yeah, it was four days ago. Although it, so <laughs> out the year, unfortunate for him, but he probably wasn't making your fantasy teams anyway. Not to sound like super cold, but. Really, Mike Evans and Chris Godwin are the ones to talk about here. Uh, I know some very respected analysts in the industry who are all over the Mike Evans dip. Um, I'm a little nervous. I drafted him in a couple of my mocks. It didn't feel good. Uh, How are you feeling about these wide receivers, Matt? I mean, yeah, I don't know how it doesn't feel good at his current ADP. It's not like there's much around him, but I'll I'll go back a little bit and and explain why I'm kind of in on Mike Evans. He was dangerously close to ending a streak of seasons with a thousand or more receiving yards in 2022. Um, And then he just went berserker beast mode in week 17 against the Panthers. He got 10 to 12 targets for 207 yards, three touchdowns, secured 48.7 fantasy points in championship weekend um, for managers as the wide receiver one overall, obviously won a lot of leagues. He finished the year with 77 receptions, 128 targets, 11, 24 yards total, six touchdowns, averaged 15 points per game, even as the wide receiver 13, despite a true target value ranked 29th, nine season in the NFL, nine seasons with more than a thousand yards, but he, he is regressing. He, he is regressing a little bit. Evans four lowest career target shares have come in the last four seasons. And he's not cracked more than 20% of the team's total targets since 2019. Continued regression in opportunity shares could disintegrate um, the consistent ceiling that he's put out, especially when you're transitioning from the goat to two sacrificial lambs in Baker Mayfield and Kyle Trask that are kind of supposed to lead the Buccaneers to one overall, right? Like, But I honestly think it's more likely that the Buccaneers end up with the first overall pick than Mike Evans ever produces another wide receiver one season. But the kicker is, for the first time in his career, he doesn't have to return wide receiver one value to be a massive boost to your roster. ADP of wide receiver 34 would be 10 spots lower positionally than his 
career points per game finish, which came in his second season all the way back in 2015. So his lowest points per game finish is wide receiver 24, which happened in his second season. He's currently being drafted as the wide receiver 34 overall. And yeah, there's a significant likelihood that the entire Buccaneers offense falls off a cliff this season. But at borderline wide receiver four prices, there's legitimately no one with more standalone upside at that position than Mike Evans. I will, however, concede that there's a little more inherent risk with Chris Godwin at his current cost, who is wide receiver 27, 64 overall. He missed two games last season. Slow start after recovering from that ACL injury in 2021. It took him until week 10 until he posted a top 12 finish and then five top 12 finishes from week 12 onward. Finished last season averaging just 0.01 points less than Mike Evans, 14.9. Wide receiver 15 in points per game, 104 receptions, 1,023 receiving yards, three touchdowns. Wide receiver 18 in true target value with 142 targets. But 142 targets was wide receiver 10 total, translated to wide receiver 31 in target share at 21.8. That that, uh, 142 targets with just a 21.8% target share gives you like a stark example of just how much the Buccaneers actually passed in 2022. And that metric is drastically going to decline with the new quarterbacks they have at the helm. He's produced just two wide receiver point per game seasons in six seasons as Godwin. And last year he finished outside of the top 24 wide receivers in all major efficiency stats. That's target share, target rate, air yards, air dot, a dot yards per route run yards per target yards per reception yards per team pass attempt points per route points per target all outside of the top 24 and a lot of those were like wide receiver 99 wide receiver 93 wide receiver 72 so incredibly inefficient with all of his targets and i don't think that true target value and true throw value from the buccaneers current offense is gonna increase much in 2023 matt's dog going crazy as he spits these bars i'm sorry (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no, don't be sorry. It's, it was it was adorable. All yeah. right, uh, and the bars were great. The bars were great. Yeah, I mean these wide receivers they're they're hard to figure out this year because you just don't know how you don't know what level of bad. Tell um, you what, they are being priced as significant downgrades at the QB position. It's not like they're being priced at a uh, at high costs relative to how they've performed in the past. Very true, exactly. Michael. I have a I have a very important question for you. If Kate Otten were to score four touchdowns in a five-game span, um, what would his outcome be? He'd probably be like 10 and 15. Look, Kate Otten, <laughs> Kate Otten did more than uh, people expect from a fourth-round rookie last year. It actually was a fairly impressive uh, rookie season. 42 catches, 391 yards, and two touchdowns. Just to have a little fun here. Mark Andrews as a rookie went 34, 552, and three. So pretty similar to K Dotton's rookie season. Obviously, I'm not saying they're the same players by any means or anything like that. I'm just pointing out that he overachieved and even finished as a tight end one four different times, including a tight end one overall finish, which was hysterical in week 13 because he went six catches, 28 yards, and one touchdown for 14 points, basically. And that was tight end one overall that week, which just goes to show you how bad tight ends can be on a week-to-week basis with that being said tom brady's gone the high super high pass attempts are likely gone um mike evans and tom brady excuse me mike evans and chris godwin are still there k dotton's current adp tight end 35 on underdog 10 and 32 on ffpc as a last round ffpc best ball pick um tight end premium i don't hate the idea of drafting k dotton but any hope that he's going to be a relevant 
tight end one is uh is bleak. All right, let's get into this dynasty stash. Matt, who you got? Kate Otten. <laughs> I mean, and, and it is kind of because Mike, Mike just laid out the positives. He did outperform his rookie season, and you're going to have to keep him around a little bit if you expect to get similar production again because he's going to regress a little bit in this Buccaneers offense. I also want to give a little bit of honorable mention to Sean Tucker, uh, incredibly fast and productive out of Syracuse. Yes, which obviously a little bit of a weaker conference there, but medical concerns left him undrafted, and it's not like it's a very stacked depth chart as we were breaking through. If he does make that 53-man roster, which he's expected to, as uh, Todd Bowles just recently recently reported then i think sean tucker could definitely have some utility in his rookie season um he's definitely as good of a pure rusher analytically as rashad white just again you adjust for conference and and it's some pretty weak competition there uh that syracuse is playing that said it's those two guys you you can give a little bit of love to kyle trask because beating out baker mayfield shouldn't be that hard but even like even then like the most you'll ever get from kyle trask is somebody's late second when they're 10 and O and their QB two goes down. Like, I mean, and that, that is at absolute max. And, and that is if he's producing 15 and a half points per game, which I don't think is ever going to happen. There you go. There it is. The dynasty stash. Um, the last two teams we talked about were kind of, um, you know, not high expectations. Rebuilding teams don't take long to explain. <laughs> we are getting to the point though, where the last the last, the last one is coming. AFC East. That's an exciting division. That's a division where if you you look at all these lists that they're making, like top 10 offenses in the NFL, three of the teams in the league are on that list. Top 10 defenses in the league in the NFL, three of the teams in that division are on that list. And the one that's not in those lists are the ones that have been ruling the division for the past 25 years. So it's just like, this is an interesting division. Aaron Rodgers joins the fray. The Bills have some drama. The well, Patriots. I would have assumed that the Patriots were in the top 10 defenses and the Dolphins weren't. And then the Dolphins were in the top 10 offenses, but the Patriots weren't. Yeah, but the people are high on the, on the Dolphins. And then obviously the Jets and the Bills are in both. Vic Fangio. You know? Bro. So, the, so they Repeat are... the sentence that you just said. People are high on people are high on the on the Dolphins defense because of Vic Fangio. Yeah. That's not crazy. Vic Fangio. I guess so. You know, he's just a bad head coach. You're right. Good. He's one of those great examples of being a bad head coach, but a phenomenal coordinator. Phenomenal. One of the best ever. Yep. Um, no, he's a great example. Yep. With that being said, come join us. We have a lot to talk about tomorrow. It's coming up. We're taking you. And then we're going to end it with a mock draft. So you are completely ready for your drafts. Um, the unofficial draft weekend next weekend. Uh, so, yes. Let's get ready, baby. It's coming. Our draft, our home league draft is the 25th. Can't wait. Picking 10th. I don't know if I told you guys, but I'm picking 10th. Nice. Later.